the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I think we almost have to talk about some of the obvious out there. First and foremost, the stock market is in a good mood because we have a treatment for coronavirus. Or is the stock market in a good mood because we fell too far and have a ton of stimulus lined up? Or is the stock market in a good mood because it's just a moody little stock market? And the correct answer is, I think it might be the Rimsdavir issue. Gilead's coronavirus treatment, Rimsdavir, just succeeded in a crucial study, raising hopes for our first COVID-19 drug of, of treatment, not cure. A leading coronavirus treatment candidate succeeded in a critical trial. The antiviral drug Rimsdavir is being tested in several ongoing trials of COVID-19 patients. Gilead stated that one of the studies run by the United States National Institute of Health shows the drug works. They said, we understand that the trial has met its primary endpoint and that NIAID will provide detailed information at an upcoming briefing. The company also released data from its own study that suggests a five-day treatment worked just as well as a 10-day regimen. The trial, however, lacked a control group to compare results against when you have drugs being developed on the fly um, and you're trying to rush them. We don't know if this is going to be all that in a bucket of chicken, but it sounds pretty nice. Last week, in the middle of the week, someone released some of the data in the study and said, meh, it's not that promising. It's good, but it's not that promising. Rimsdavir is given as an IV infusion and has only been tested in hospitalized patients. The drug has not been tested as a preventative treatment or to help people with mild cases. This would be a big milestone. Um, we'll learn more as the day goes on. I think that's probably why the market's in a good mood. How good of a mood? We got the Dow up 425 points. It's up 1.7%. S&P 500 up 2%. Sitting at 2920. At all-time high, aren't we kind of getting close to it? And is that a concern for you? Um have we gone too far too fast? 52-week high, all-time high, is about 3,400, 3,393, and we're at 2,917. Now, did I just blow your mind when I said we are 400 points from an all-time high? Less than 400 points? And right now, we're up 53 points? Did I blow your mind? <laughs> or did I blow your mind yesterday with Rob Black Challenge? I want all Americans to go out on the street this Saturday, dressed as Tom Hanks from Castaway with a ball. Take your shirt off, rip some pants, try to look as close as you can to him. Try to get a sunburn later today and tomorrow. Just build on it. And just walk around screaming Wilson. 
Scream at each other. Scream at a ball. Scream at a tree. I'm good. What are you talking about, fool? I know. U.S. GDP falls 4.8% in the first quarter due to COVID-19. You want the good news? That number is going to look small in the next two quarters. <laughs> you want the bad news? That number is going to look small in the next two quarters because that's only really March when we kind of were like, you mean this thing can kill us? <laughs> the report on the GDP showed the longest ever economic expansion that started following the Great Recession has officially ended. You've had 10 years of a bull market and an economic expansion like none other. And all I get for it is this t-shirt that said, the bull market's over. The longest ever economic expansion is finito. For those who don't know, that's Italian for finished. I know you're saying, Am I, do I get credit for this? Does this count as uh, second language credit? It does. Uno momento, one moment. Finito, final. Or finished. Or maybe it's type of being. I'm not quite sure, but it is Italian for something. Economists are watching right now to see how bad second quarter GDP is going to be. First quarter, no good. Um, second quarter, uh, April, May, June. And then we get July, August, September. Now, if Rimsdevere works, or if the American population smells that we might be able to stretch our legs a little bit with a treatment, not a cure. I can see things getting a little goofy out there and people like trying to rush back. And I'll be honest with you, um, this is really funny. I just admitted this to my producer earlier in the show. Probably it was two of the greatest things ever in my life is when I've slowed down from work. One was when my father had massive cancer and he was going for cancer treatments and I really got to know my dad. I got to be his father, taking him as the little boy to the hospital. And I got to learn so much about him during those uh, six, seven, eight months. Um, and then it was interesting when he, when the doctor said, you've got three months left to live. I was like, I'm going to let him spend that with, his, with my mom. I didn't bother him too much because I got to know him. And then the last month and a half, I've got to spend with my kids. And it's pretty darn amazing. And my sugar bugger, she's pretty, pretty hot, pretty cool. Uh, so I know lockups are stressful for a lot of people, but one of the things I try to do is find the, po not the positive spin, but I, I, I think I'm optimistic. I don't look at this last as, as too disastrous for me, even though I know, I know, I know, I know a lot of, there's a lot of economic pain ahead for a lot of people, including myself. I saw one group who has built an empire of real estate. They follow in every... Silly real estate opinion out there. Don't you want to be a landlord? The answer is no. But commercials on television make it sound like, yeah, I want to be a landlord. Don't you want other people paying your mortgage? The answer is no. Nah, I can make a case for that one. But being a landlord stinks. And right now, being a landlord triple stinks. The amount of Americans who are going to force landlords into bankruptcy, it could be high. We'll see. And again, how long does this last? Oh, there's a mean, nasty letter going around. I like it when we get mean and nasty. Guess who we're mad at now? Who could America possibly be mad at now? It's a nasty one. Trolls. I know you're saying America's not mad at trolls. The answer is yes. The Trolls World Tour movie has pulled in over $100 million with the direct-to-consumer. 
um, push. And the cinema companies are pissed off because the companies out there kind of beating their chest like, look at what we did. We made one of the most profitable movie releases ever because we cut the movie theaters out of it into the same day release. It would have been in movie theaters the same day, but as it was released on direct to home. But Trolls World Tour is causing controversy. Movie theaters take about 50% of the box office sales. So you better believe it when Universal figures out, like, whoa, we just cut the middleman out. Will things forever change? Or will we go back to the old norm? Or a hybrid? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Lots of news out there today. Stay tuned. Treatment for Corona is being touted this morning. How much does it treat? How much does it save our lives and things? We'll digest that as the day goes on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thank you for listening to the show. I've said recently that I'll keep doing the show as long as we feel the market is in distress. And the market still is in distress. Don't get me wrong. The first segment I could talk about Rimsdevere and Gilead having a treatment that it's been around. I believe it's been used, for instance, on HIV patients to help their immune systems. Um, it's a similar, I'm not getting into drugs and I'm not getting into diseases, but there's a lot of high hopes right now. That's why we played that song coming off the break. We got high, high hopes, but you also have to say that we aren't very deep into the earnings season and we're just now starting to report numbers that include March. The 10-year treasury sits at 58 basis points, and I'm going to tell you, that's like seeing a, a loved one who has gone from 180 pounds down to like 110. The 10-year treasury is still not good. I will find some solace in the markets rebounding. I understand it's a big thing that upsets people. But for me, eh, that 10-year treasury says something doesn't look right. I don't care about Bitcoin. It's not something I'm following yet. I barely follow the dollar. I keep an eye on it to make sure it doesn't get too high or too low. Oil at $15.44. We're going to look back on that in the years to come and go, huh, why don't we load up on more of that? Boeing stock is telling us something. They burned through $4.3 billion in cash. Let's just stop and think about that for uno momento. One moment, ladies and gentlemen, on Rob's Teaches a Second Language. Um... They burned through $4 billion of cash. The 737 MAX disaster uh, combined with an economic crisis, COVID pandemic. No one wants to fly on planes right now, especially Boeing planes. Boeing delivered only 50 planes in the first quarter. That's a 66% drop from 149 in the comparable year. I guess you could say one nice thing is some of the bad numbers they're setting up now should lead them to nice numbers down the road. But due to massive decreases in airline passenger traffic, Boeing's not sitting terribly well. Now, again, they have to be sitting there with their fingers crossed 
about remdesivir or anything else. There's over 70 vaccinations in development right now. And some people are hoping for maybe we get something for this year that we could treat essential workers with. And maybe we could, I don't, it's, it's still tough to see the let's get together in a sporting event. Yesterday, for the first time, I started seeing Japan leak out. It might be impossible for us to do the Olympics in 2021. I was like, what year are we in right now? 2020. I've got good eyesight. Um, so the fact that Japan said that, and one of the best tests, and I give this to again to Mark Cuban, he said yesterday, he said, the test of when we're over this is when I send my kids back to a concert, when I send my kids to a, a Mavericks game. Boeing terminated $4.2 billion merger agreement with Brazil's Embraer, citing its failure to satisfy the necessary conditions. A lot going on right now. Um, earnings season. I should talk briefly about this. Google wasn't bad. I know. When you first um, you, know, you fall in love with a young member of the opposite sex, and like you're young, and you you decide, I'm not going to the, the dirty version of this. I'm going to the clean version. She cooks dinner for you. You don't say, it wasn't bad. You go, mm, that hit the spot if it wasn't very good. So, like, that spot could be, well, you get the idea. But Google up 8.5% today, up 105 buckaroos. Revenue beat. A little bit of reopening optimism in the world. You know who I want to be in the day that we say, let's go on planes again? I want to be in a, a travel stock, right? Or maybe I want to be in Google because when we say um, Hawaii vacation, Google's going to give us the answer, and it's going to be an advertisement for someone like Expedia or Travelocity. That day is coming sooner than later. Whether it's correct or wrong, it's coming sooner than later. I don't see Americans. Um, well, I'll be quiet about my political act day. In, by the end of May, I think we're going to be bouncing, bouncing to get out. MasterCard's up 5.3%. Boeing, who I just talked about, up 5.6%. And you know what the funny part is? It's better than feared results. Again, it's like you're in love, and she cooks an amazing she, – she spends a lot of time on that dinner. She spends a lot of time on those ingredients. And, you're, and all you have to say to her is better than feared. Well, that was better than I feared. And she's going back to her ex. <laughs> you just pushed her there. Gilead Sciences has announced and acknowledged that it's been made aware that Remsevere did meet its primary endpoint in a study on COVID as a therapeutic treatment. Um, if you get a test and you jump on it, you don't have a lot of symptoms, maybe you get through it symptom-free. I don't know. <clears throat> but the reaction in earnings... Like I said, we are now 300 points. We are really close to all-time highs on the S&P 500. That bothers me. Because last week, we were, like, two weeks ago, we were in despair. Oh, woe is me. Markets are going to zero. I always do that. When Any day the markets are down 1,000 points, I text Chad Burton. I'm like, if we have 25 more days like this, we'll be at zero. <laughs> See, it's never happened. Pending home sales down 20.8%. No. Um, pending home sales are a mess right now because we are caught up in that spring selling season. 
And spring really is when COVID hit. Google, one of the things that they're doing a lot of right now in their conference call, and I'll, I'll go over a little of those notes with you. They're saying our work from home business model and some of our e-learning transitions that we're helping with schools are off the hook. I can tell you I've gotten to use Google Docs and Google Drive and Google Classroom and Google everything that's being used right now by elementary schools. It's going to teach those kids how to use Google in the future. Now, Google Meet, the app which competes with Zoom video, is adding 3 million users on a daily basis. There are over 100 million daily Meet participants. We've heard Zoom is at 300 million participants a day. Where's, where do we fit all these people in? We are going to be, um, how shall we say, ready to go with uh, distance learning and, and distance working, right? When this is all said and done, YouTube was a bright spot that helped mitigate the downturn in search display advertising revenue. YouTube advertising spiked 33% because we're all at home doing nothing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Markets are up big today on COVID treatment news. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We're moving rapidly to the beginning of the month. Very important Friday employment report is going to be coming out. It's going to be a shocking number. But the markets aren't looking for that. For whatever reason today, the markets are latched on to success versus pessimism, optimism versus pe- pessimism. It is contagious as the S&P 500 is now at 29.27, not that far from its all-time high. Let's bring in briefing.com to talk a little bit about this with us and to give us some ideas on what's working and what's not working on Wall Street and domestic and international markets. You can find out more at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Excuse me, my voice is a little bit on the weak side. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare. Patrick O'Hare, Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, Rob, I'm doing fine. Thank you. So are you a little bit surprised that we're kind of within striking distance of an all-time high on the S&P 500? Or is that just me? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I can say I, I am I am surprised in the sense that uh, it, it doesn't seem to make a lot of fundamental sense from my vantage point. Um, having said that, I guess I'm not surprised in knowing how the market is, you know, I think um, – you know, adapting its mindset to the post-financial crisis period when, you know, the Fed came in and put a floor under things. Uh, and, you know, lo and behold, we're right back in that same position. And so uh, perhaps there's a little bit of a Pavlovian uh, mentality in play here that, you know, you don't fight the Fed. Uh, they're pouring tons of liquidity into the market. And, uh, and that's, you know, helping to 
um, prop things up, albeit somewhat artificially uh, from our vantage point. But it's working, and you've seen a huge move, obviously, off the lows. And um, and now with this morning's news about remdesivir, uh, you, you certainly have a, a platform uh, to continue the idea, you know, that there's good, you know, hope and, and recovery prospects. Consumers, it appears, or investors' faith in consumers appear that things can't get worse. I'm a little concerned still, but with it, I'm thrilled that there's a recovery. I know that there's a lot of people who had a lot of questions, uh, but the 10-year Treasury is still telling me 60 basis points. Things aren't great here. And oil at $15, $16 a barrel, things still aren't great here, even though the stock market's telling me things look pretty great coming down the road. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of expecting some rea- some reaction to earnings. Now, one of the things briefing does amazing is cover earnings calls and Wall Street research the day after a big earnings release. What are you seeing from what we've been seeing in earnings season so far? Well, I, you know, I think that you touched on it a little bit, Rob, in that, you know, when it boils down to earnings, uh, I think the market – uh, is is just willing to look right past the bad news and embrace the idea that uh, uh, things are are as bad as they're going to get. And and I say that knowing that the market's incorporating the second quarter as well uh, when it listens to these first quarter earnings reports. You know, company after company is understandably withdrawing their guidance, citing you know just considerable. Uh, levels of uncertainty uh, as it relates to the COVID-19 issue and reopening prospects and things like that. Um, you know, it's not a mystery or surprise for the market to to hear very dour forecasts, uh, certainly out of economists anyways, relates to what we can expect in second quarter GDP. And of course, from those dour forecasts, you can extrapolate that earnings prospects in the second quarter are, are going to look really lousy as well. Uh, but, you know, with all that in mind, as we've discussed, you've got a market that's just been in rally mode big time since the March 23rd intraday low, uh, riding the notion of the Fed put and the notion that things can't get any worse. And I think the crossroads we're running into now, though, is um, is that kind of like the, the reality of the situation is still going to, you know, the rubber will hit the road here, you know, at, at some point. Um, and, and I think that as we get over this sort of euphoric recovery hope stage, uh, it's, it's going to become apparent that a lot of structural damage was done, uh, a lot of support is still needed, and consumer spending, which is the main driver of the U.S. economy, uh, is not likely to come barreling back in the same way that the stock market has come barreling back. And that will sort of, I feel like, be a wake-up call, um, you know, in, in the weeks and months ahead uh, that should uh, impede this rally effort. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you go all the way back to the lows, but I think you start to see some rolling into what we think is more of like a W-shaped recovery for the stock market, not this V-shaped action that we keep getting. Yeah, my head keeps going back to the, the things that we don't see as far as the economy getting worse. For instance, the legal battle between insurance companies and businesses in, in the coming months. Um, I just see the, the depths of 
a lot of people aren't paying rent. And if you own more than one home or if you're a landlord for more than one, I see bad things um, in the short term. But in the long term, eh, I can be convinced. But I'm digressing. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing.com, there was announced this morning, word from Gilead Sciences that it understands a study, an antiviral Rimsdivir for treatment of COVID-19 has met its primary endpoint. That should be a positive. We'll see how it plays out in the next couple of days. What are you working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that we should be aware of other than earnings season and COVID exposure to businesses and their economies worldwide? Two very big topics, but anything else you're seeing out there? Right. Well, you know, something we haven't um, mentioned as, you, as we talk about kind of getting through the worst of the shutdown phase, that as you emerge from it, uh, what's also going to emerge is the uh, presidential campaign again. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so there's a political component that's going to be coming uh, more apparent here in coming months that I think is also going to, unfortunately, um, uh, rip open some of those partisan wounds that have been uh, sued over for the time being in the effort to provide some fiscal relief. But, you know, the market has kind of not allowed itself really to think a whole lot about election outcomes. But, um, you know, something that, you know, been working on is, is this notion that as the election rolls around on the first Tuesday of November, obviously, you know, I shouldn't say obviously, but most people are thinking that GDP growth is going to be much improved by that point, right? Because you're coming off of such a depressed base in the second quarter. Okay, that's all well and good. But what I think is going to really resonate and become a factor in that election is going to be what's going on with the unemployment rate as well as the underemployment rate. Uh, and those issues could have some very important political implications and other implications for the stock market that, you know, are not being attended to right now as everything is focused on the recovery from the COVID-19 shutdown phase. So something to be alert to uh, as we roll through the summer months. It's interesting that you bring that up because uh, instantly into my head, I went conspiracy theory of, why are they tying small business payments to you have to keep the employee employed through September? And then I was like, oh, he's right. It's it's November coming up election, November 2nd. You'd barely have a spike in unemployment if that were to happen or something like that. Do you believe what I just threw out there, like conspiracy theories of our government kind of wants to get us to November so they can get reelected? Or do you play into any of that with your analysis as a strategist? Uh, you know, I really don't, Rob. I okay. try to, you know, I want to maintain a real objective viewpoint. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, keep in mind, I mean, it was a bipartisan agreement on this COVID-19 payroll, you know, protection plan. Uh, so, you know, the Democrats signed off on it just as the Republicans did, and they knew full well what the terms of it were. So, um, but there's obviously going to be that that strain of thought that enters the mix. I mean, there's just no getting around it, right? But um, but I think it is something that you know that's going to come into play as it relates to you know employment is going to be a really important component um, because you know the economy might be recovering, unemployment rate might be falling, but people may not feel gainfully employed like they were before all this happened. Uh, and in, in in you know my mind, I think you know uh, a voter is economic interest often follows them into the voting booth. So uh, it, it create, can create some, you know, some interesting dynamics from a political standpoint here uh, as we get to that election period. Anything else floating through your head that we should keep an eye on? Anything important, any flags, inflationary, any 
anything? Well, you know, I mean, in the immediate future here, obviously we have the, the Fed announcement today, right? Um, yep. It's not going to be any, shouldn't be any real surprises there, right? I think that, you know, the market at, at a minimum obviously wants to hear Fed Chair Powell basically, you know, reiterate that the Fed's in this as long as it needs to be in, a, in it. Rates are going to stay low for an extremely long period of time. And, uh, and so you're probably going to hear that again today. Uh, there's no reason for the Fed chair not to say that, frankly, uh, because uh, the Fed should be cognizant that the second quarter is going to be a very ugly period here. And I think the Fed is reacting more to the reality of the situation on the ground. The stock market isn't so much. But nonetheless, uh, the Fed's uh, position right now is is uh, obviously an important component here as it relates to the, to the stock market outlook. And we'll see everything covered as well as it can be at briefing.com throughout the day with the Federal Reserve. Notes will be in their end play. Patrick O'Hare will start it tomorrow as well on page one. It's briefing.com, a reliable source for international and domestic news tied towards markets around the world. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The markets are stunning at this point in time. We're having a good day. We're having an amazing month. Let's take a quick look. It's April. Whoa. And then we got May coming up. Uh, March was as bad as it could have been. April has been as good as it could have been. And I can probably cut out a day or two of either side and say, whoa. Um, President Trump is in the news essentially every day, as I think Patrick O'Hare correctly noted that don't forget we have an election season coming up. Right now, things are milk and honey. We're not working. Some of us are still getting paid. Some of us have been laid off and are going through that process. But we're starting to talk about earnings. And like Google said, you know, next quarter looks bad, but the quarter after that looks like there's a chance for improvement. Visa, MasterCard, many companies have said something similar. Boeing, Gilead Sciences this morning says that they understand that one of their antivirals, Remdesivir, uh, for the treatment of COVID-19 has met a primary endpoint. And I can't help but like almost smile today, right? It's kind of nice to say we're within 400 points of an all-time high on the S&P 500. We're about 350 now. It's actually not that nice to say that because in my head, like, shouldn't we have a quarter or two of pain and not a month or two? And it leads me to question credibility, quality, couple other things of this rally. But I'm stoked. Gilead's coronavirus drug shows positive results in trials. Um. We just talked with a guest who said, you know, the Fed meeting today is going to be important. I think that's almost a, a done, conclu- you know, a foregone conclusion. They're going to do nothing. They're going to say, we're still here. We're still vigilant. We'll do whatever we need to. Some Best Buy stores, some Apple stores are starting to say, we're going to open a couple of them. Um, we're ready to get people back to some sort of shopping. We don't know a lot of details on it. But we're starting to hear more about it. Best Buy has given us a glimpse as well as to 
how many retailers will reopen their stores post-coronavirus pandemic? Um, should they reopen their stores? So they said by early May that they'll begin reopening 200 stores by appointment only. Best Buy says the move is designed for the purchase of more complex items like appliances and networking equipment. Um, that's not going to pay the bills. So they're not, they've not changed their decision temporarily for low 51,000 hourly employees. They're a month into that. They're now saying, you're going to make an appointment online or via phone. There's going to be a pre-call with customers to make sure they aren't feeling sick. Okay. Now, you remember going into Best Buy at Christmas time, right? And you remember like rubbing elbows with people and maybe even camping out over Thanksgiving for Black Friday sales. Now we're going to make an appointment. And they're going to call us back and say, do you feel fine? Do you have a fever? Are you coughing? Have you had COVID? Do you have COVID? That's my impression of a doctor interrogating me, right? There's going to be a detailed check-in process before each appointment where they're going to walk through safety guidelines. Hand sanitizer will be provided. Best Buy workers will wear face masks and gloves. The consumer shops, the store with the sales associate, the sales associate, I've heard that's a little bit tied towards fear of shoplifting. I don't know. But social distancing guidelines are still going to be in effect. Payment done at the counter with a sneeze guard in front of the register. All surfaces cleaned after the transaction is complete. Customers escorted out of the store. Welcome to the new age of retail. You know, the only thing in there that could be even maybe even a little bit funnier or cuter or insane would be that they're going to take our temperature check at the door. I'm good with all that. I just don't think you're, it's a realistic way of doing business, for the record. I'm, real, I'm good with all that. I'm not going to fight you. But I'm waiting for the guy at the door to say, oh, we have to take your thermometer, your temperature. I'm like, okay, you got a laser thing you're going to point in my ear? I'm like, oh, no, no, all we have is rectal thermometers. And I'm like, dun-dun-dun. No! Dun, dun. <laughs> Retail's going to be a different experience, No. So markets are up today. Again, the big story is Gilead's coronavirus drug has showed positive results in trials. Last week, there was a leak saying that maybe not so much so. I question that now. U.S. economy contracts for the first time in six years. We've contracted for the first time in six years. Two in a row means recession. Two quarters in a row of negative GDP. The numbers are awful. Services consumption shrank 10.2%, 10.2% in the first quarter. I'm not going to get into the numbers because I really don't think you care. I think you care about 26 million individuals filing for new unemployment insurance claims over the last five weeks. I think that number will rise again tomorrow. And I think that employment report on Friday is going to be one of the ugliest jumps you've ever seen in your life. With that said, I've seen ugly and come back from ugly before. Alphabet, Boeing, MasterCard, all turning things around today for the market with, eh, it wasn't that bad of earnings. Not exactly a selling point. You kiss a girl for the first time and you're both like feeling it and she goes, how was it? Eh, it wasn't that bad. It's not going to get you another one. So I question if we can get two quarters in a row of a rally if we keep saying about earnings, eh, it wasn't as bad as we thought, and the answer is probably not. I'm not trying to poo-poo this. I'm not. 
It's interesting. Samsung said today that they expect second quarter smartphone and TV sales to decline significantly due to coronavirus. That is a company that is cursed. When they can beat Apple to the punch, they can't beat Apple to the punch. South Korea doesn't get as shut down as the United States, and Samsung still suffers. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. How soon till we're talking about seminars again? Too soon? I'm Rob Black.